Hold up, hold up, hold up. Is there enough Australian wine in your life? I gotta give a shout out to one of my favorite wine resources. You know when you find that special bottle and wanna know more? Well, Wine Australia got you covered. The new online platform Connect does exactly what it says. Connect you to the plug. You linking directly with the producer. Case in point, that's exactly what's going down on January 19th at their online Trailblazers event. It's led by an insightful journalist, this guy I really rock with, Mike Benny, and he'll be speaking with some of the Australian brands that are looking towards the future of wine and doing innovative things like promoting ethical production practices with sustainable packaging, or you can hear directly from the man that brought Snoop Dogg into the wine game, John Wardley, US VP of Marketing for Treasury Estates, 19 Crimes. So go to wineandhiphop.com forward slash WA Connect or get yourself into the show notes, click the link, and make sure you get registered so you don't miss out. Hell, while you there, make sure you sign up for the Connect platform and you'll be able to mess with all their dope content and features. Now back to the show. This is a moment in wine and hip-hop brought to you by Crew Love. Blending wine and hip-hop at the highest level. Yeah, what's good, Josh? Your man, Jermaine Showtime Stone, a.k.a. The Wolf of Wine, a.k.a. The Zara Vibes, a.k.a. Young Thanos. I'm just out here collecting Infinity Stones. It's the last show of the year, people, so I'm going to need you to get your best bottle of champagne and come pour up with us for this guest, man. This was a special show. Today's episode, we chopped it up with Rodolphe Peters winemaker for legendary champagne house Pierre Peters. Now, we've known each other for a little while through mutual friends and been chopping it up online and couldn't connect for the interview because of travel restrictions. But we finally got to link up at NY, so this was a very, very dope moment for me, man. I've drank Pierre Peters champagne more times than I could count. Like, we even had it on the um, the Johnny Nunez episode. If you guys remember, we had that with some bacon, egg, and cheese, right? So to sit down with the winemaker, who isn't just some dude that got a job off the street, he's a direct relative of the Pierre Peters, which is kind of dope, man. Like, for you to have the same skill or passion as your previous generations is amazing to me. Can you evolve with the times while maintaining legacy, right? Like, lineage is such a big part of wine. So, I've always wanted to ask these questions. Now, you already know the drill. Wherever you play your podcast, hit comment, like, subscribe, go to YouTube, all that. We everywhere. Now, without further ado, let's pop a bottle with my brother right here, man. This is a moment in wine and hip hop brought to you by Crew Love, blending wine and hip hop at the highest level. Yeah, what's good, y'all? It's your man, Jermaine Showtime Stone, a.k.a. The Wolf of Wine, a.k.a. The Zara Vibes, a.k.a. Young Thanos. I'm just out here collecting infinity stones. I am with a legend. I'm with Mr. Rodolph Peters. How are you, sir? I'm very good. Welcome to Wine and Hip Hop. You know, I, I feel like people wouldn't know what type of closet hip hop fan you are if they don't really know you. <laughs> so thank you for coming on the uh, show. I'm very happy to meet you for real. <laughs> very happy. Yes, man. And so, so we've been chatting a little bit on Instagram and, 
you know, I, I'm, I'm big on respecting the producer. So, you know, I, I feel like one, it's an honor to have someone like you on the show because of what you guys mean to the wine industry. And overall, the producers, people tend to have these misconceptions about the wine industry and the wine community, when at the end of the day, it is the, the, uh, the passion and patience of a human that makes this wine. <laughs> and it takes You're a lot right. of passion and You're a lot right. of patience. It's really about passion, you really. know. So, uh, so it, for us, it's very big to highlight the producer because you guys are the foundation of this entire culture. You're like the break dancers of hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You guys are the I love it. <laughs> you know, so now uh, we have a, a huge audience here and it's very diverse. So we got wine people, we got hip hop people. So to let my hip hop audience get to know you, I have to know who is your rap spirit animal, right? So if you could pick a rapper that defines your style and your spirit and your energy, what rapper would that be? Um, a rapper, yeah. not an animal. No, uh, no, yeah, yeah, uh, no, no, no. So think about it this way. Think, think about if you could pick any rapper that you feel described you as a person, someone that you related to, what rapper do you think that would be? Um, it's a French rapper. Okay, see, I'll, listen, I, I've actually made, shout out to my man Dustin, we made a, um, a playlist for One White Street at my friend Dustin's restaurant. Okay. And um, it had a lot of French rap on it. Really? Yeah, yeah, really? exactly. And my, my show producer here, Jake Quah, he's a big uh, French rap fan really? as well. So who is your rap spirit animal? So... His name is uh, MC Solar. Maybe you heard. Okay. He was one of the first one. And the reason why I feel connected to this guy is um, because of um, his flow. Mm. It's really smooth. You know, when I saw you, you asked me about uh, my, my spirit animal. Mm -hmm. I felt first to um, elephant mm. because of this kind of quiet force. Mm. You know, I'm small. Mm. I don't like to show off, you know, I think you must be uh, solid by yourself, by your roots. And, and MC is that kind of guy, you know, he, he doesn't show off. He's really quiet. His lyrics are very intense, uh, very deep. You know, it's not about uh, fighting. It's just, he tells stories yeah. in a simple way, but true stories. And, and when making is telling about true stories, in my opinion. J'étais cool, assis sur un banc, c'était au printemps, il cueille une marguerite, ce sont deux amants, overdose de douceur, ils jouent comme des enfants, je t'aime un peu beaucoup à la folie passionnément, mais... Exactly, I feel, I always say, winemaking is um, telling the story of the land, you know, at that time, that day that the grapes were harvested, <laughs> you know, it, that tells the story. Yes. So, you know, speaking of that, like taking over winemaking, you know, for such a uh, you know prestigious house has this huge reputation. Um, what was that like for you? What was your mindset going into that when as taking over as a winemaker? You know, knowing the standard that everyone was used to. Um, you know, at that time, uh, I mean, in two thousand seven, when I had to take over, the situation was uh, slightly different. The market goes very fast, you know. Uh, now there is a kind of rockstar uh, rock winemakers created in something like five years. They have no background and they, they come up. In 2007, it was not the same pressure, but I would say my family managed um, the, the 
this way in a very smart um, process. I mean that, you know, I graduated enology in 92. As soon as I graduated uh, enology, my father started to uh, speak with me like equal people, you know. Mm. I knew that I can't uh, be back to uh, the family house before he takes the decision. He takes the decision to retire because it's a kind of uh, family rule, one person per generation and generation after generation. So there is no big fight in between generations. So also you can, rather than to pay too many people from the same family, you can invest in your business, you know, to, to keep going, to to improve and I knew that I can't take over. But since I graduated, my father invited me to participate. Mm. Uh, he told me, you can come for harvest, you can come for the winemaking, you can come for the blend. Uh, it's up to you. It's yeah. up to you to know if you want to involve a little time to understand the, uh, the core of Peters. I did it. I, used to say it was my 15 years internship, you know. <laughs> I, had a, I had a job outside the, 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 the family business. I wow. had to find a job. What were you doing? Um, I always worked for um, mostly um, as a sales manager or general manager. You know, okay. the reason why next to uh, Enology, I graduated uh, MBA uh, to make sure I can access quite good position right. you know if you will not be your boss you have exactly. to make sure to well you know it's helpful especially in that position because you know as jay-z says you're not a businessman you're a business man <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know what i'm saying that's so, so good you have you have that that, that duality you yes. know being able to um to have understand that business mind but at the same time be a winemaker but you know? i would say the two main things I learned is uh, outside the family business, the way to bring people together. You know, yeah. you don't bring, you don't build anything by yourself alone. Mm -hmm. If you think like that, you you 200% mistake. Right. You know, so I learned how to bring people together, how to transmit, how to make people uh, excited for a project. Um, that's that's really what I learned uh, outside the business during these 15 years. And then in, for the family business in 15 years, you know, you just learn that it's not good to, you know, in, a, in that kind of family business, the continuation, the con uh, sustainability and, and uh, consistency is very important. It doesn't mean to stay the same level. It just means to improve, but step by step. No big break, you know. Right. And, you know, after 15 years, what, when, when it was my turn to uh, run the business, uh, you know, it's about uh, male, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I used to say I didn't have to kill my father to show <laughs> who is Rodolphe Peters. Right. Because in a way, in 50 years, I can suggest I was involved from uh, 2000, the first vintage, I, my father asked me to decide the blend. 2000. Wow. You know, I took over in 2007, in 2000. Wow. This smart guy told me, probably a vintage you will have to sell by yourself. Wow. You must make the decision. Wow. 
That's really smart. It's really smart. Yeah. You know, knowing that my father was a farmer, you know, but he has this vision of what is the legacy. He, he, he also felt the risk uh, to, of, of this time, you know. You can have very big fights in between generations and right. new generation who wants to break everything, mm -hmm. the past to show themselves. Exactly. I didn't feel that, you know. I just felt really comfortable because it was the one made by my great-grandfather, my grandfather, right. my father, <laughs> and now I. But right. of course, I don't vinify the same wine. Uh, it's not exactly the same wine, but right. it's the same DNA, clearly. When you work with Mother Nature, yeah. <laughs> you must remain calm, take your time, accept. Here, yeah. you, you're just pushing and... Um, And, and the speed of life is like crazy. But that's the reason why I like it. changed my life, you know. It's, uh, yeah. in a way, I, I, I transform when I come in. Uh, wow, okay. Yes. <laughs> so we were talking a bit about your family and, you know, your mindset and, and taking over. Now, how do you manage to, how do you approach preserving history versus, you know, moving forward and evolving with the times? Uh, it's a question of a balance, you know. So once again, I had 15 years to uh, understand, mm. uh, especially, you know, Peter's winemaking is pretty special in, the, um, in, in this world because we vinified everything in stainless steel tank, no mm. barrels. While, you know, barrel is really trendy, fancy, So if you, and, and it was my, basically my grandfather's decision. As soon as he can escape from the, the oak, from barrels, he, he started to vinify in uh, concrete tanks and in enamel tanks, then in stainless steel tank. Uh, and I still heard my grandfather, he passed away, but explaining my father, Le Ménisseur-Roger doesn't need oak to express the complexity of oaky flavors, you know, I mean, the yeah. toast, it comes from the autolysis. I, it's, it's graved in my mind. Mm. And, but you have to be really strong, you know, in, in the new context with, uh, with uh, consumers, with journalists, with uh, uh, wine, wine critics. Right. When they come and they say, oh, it's all stainless steel, it's not fancy, or it's not, <laughs> yes, but that process is the best for Le Menil to keep the the purity, the elegance of the expression of this village. And you must be really strong. So I had to make this process mine to accept. 15 years was, was okay to, yeah. <laughs> to <laughs> digest <internship>. that, <laughs> to understand, and also to figure out how to improve. Right. But once again, in a very consistent style. Which is important, yes. you know, which is, which is super important. And I must say that um, that was good. I didn't take over when too young because I was sure of my uh, knowledge force. You know, when you graduate in energy, <laughs> in Rams, you are the king of sparkling, you know. Uh, you feel like you are the right. king of sparkling winemaking. And you turn to be a very good winemaker when you accept to let go. You know what I mean? to trust yourself, to trust your um, feeling, your, and you make a much better one as soon as you let go. 
That's super important. And, you know, we were talking a little bit off mic about how this is an art, you know, and for me, exactly what you're describing is really the epitome of a producer. And it's the same way with hip hop, you know, as a producer, you're managing all of these different people and all these different talents to work together to create one beautiful thing. And you're the guy that's like orchestrating. Yes, that, yes, you know? sure. So you really have to, um, you have to use emotion in that and you have to go with your feeling as an artist. Mm. That's, uh, and how do you, how do you know how to listen to yourself? Like, I mean, for me, like growing up, I realized that as an adult, I began to make better decisions. Once um, to to it, it's a, once again, it's a question, question of time. You know, when you are 20, <laughs> no way, no way. <laughs> right. uh, but I took over, I was, I was almost 40, so you start to be an adult. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I had a successful um, um, career before, mm -hmm. nothing to prove in terms of uh, manager. I just had to take my family business over. And you know, family business is never a calm river. Um, the previous owner were my father for about 55%, but also my uncle for 45%. My uncle was a very important person in Champagne. He was a former Veuve winemaker for 35 years. One of the first graduated enologists in Champagne, so very respected person. For, for some reason, my father and my uncle, they didn't talk together for 20 years. My first success was to bring them together. You know, I said my father, I don't want to take over and has to fight against a part, a branch of the family. Mm -hmm. So we will go meet Jack, Uncle Jack. I will explain my project for Pierre Peters and, and I will take over if accept, I take over. It turns out that he told me, Rodolphe, you are the guy who must take over. Wow. He sold me his share. The two brothers. Together, as, yes. as a producer. <laughs> yes. So, you know, in life, it, with my children, is it's my best achievement to yeah. have been able to bring my uncle and fa my father together and to see them playing golf once a week right. again. <laughs> to, yes, they, they finish their life, not friends, but brothers. Right. And it needs that I felt like it's a, it was a very big responsibility. So first years of um, my, um, uh, I run Peters, I tried to, I really tried my best to prove my father and my uncle, they made the good choice. Mm. I was, I was a guy. Yeah. <laughs> and now I just try to make the business sexy enough for the next generation. Right. You know right. what I mean? Because my concern is to avoid to push pressure You know, nothing good uh, in taking over by obligation or, you know, or by interest, by you must be passionate. Right. It must, you must feel like it's, it's your legacy. It's, uh, but so I try my best to not push pressure on the shoulders on my children. So I said, there is already a lot of social pressure. Yeah. You know, each time they meet somebody in, In Champagne, the first question is, what are you doing? Uh, you know, my eldest is uh, 24, Victor. Uh, my daughter is 21, so 
are you learning uh, one? And no. no, they are not learning one. And I'm very happy. They, right. I'm very happy about that because you talk about art. My son is student at the Louvre School. He study art history. Mm. I'm I'm very happy with that. <laughs> See, that's awesome. And 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 my daughter, she's she's student in the school of architecture. So it's the best possible base for them to enjoy their passion. Absolutely. And they will be much better winemakers than I am. Exactly. Totally. They don't need the, 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 the main skill is um, the artistic uh, skill. Exactly. And More important one. How to work and, and bring people together. So I was thinking about this and coming into the show, I always like to compare a wine producer to a hip hop producer. So I figured I'd listen to our conversation and see who you reminded me of the most. And I have to say, based on all of this, especially your passion behind um, your projects and how you bring people together, I'd say you are the puff daddy of <laughs> the wine. I love game. it. Like your puff daddy, because you know he, he changed his name to love, you know, because he's so big on bringing people together, you know, and, but also as a producer, that's really what he does in the studio and that's special. Because, you know, getting everyone to work together on the same page, like he was one of the first um, uh, people that I've seen really manage a production team. Back in the 90s, he had this crew called the Hitmen. And it was like, I think like maybe five or six guys, five or six producers, and they would just cranked out hits for the entire industry for the entire 90s. So even especially thinking about, you know, um, your your uncle as like uh, making wine for for Vuv, you know, like you were just cranking out hits. <laughs> you know, so you are the, the puff daddy of the champagne. Thank you. <laughs> I love you. That's so really cool. Come on. I'm the definition of half man, half drugs. Ask the clubs, bad boy, that's what's up. After bucks, crush crews after us. No games, we ain't laughing much. So that, even with that, so you guys have like what, 85 men, 85 grand crew vineyards? Yes, you 20, know? 20 actually. Wow, okay, so like how do you, how do you manage all that? Uh, it's a big deal because it's, it's not 20, um, not acres, it's a, a hectare. Right. So it means uh, 45, oh, so 50, 50 acres. Mm-hmm. It's 50 acres, but it's 85 blocks. 85 blocks so it's just a nightmare (laughs) (laughs) but it's a nightmare but it's a fun nightmare because if you like to challenge yourself it means 45 different individuals and if you want to be smart a performance in your in your farming you must almost understand the detail of uh, these 55 individuals to adapt your farming. Of course, it's not easy. And that changes with the weather. <laughs> yes, yes. Also, with weather change, it's... Uh, like yes. you, never, you never know what you're going to get. But to be honest, you know, um, we, we, we farm mostly Grand Cru Vineyard, and the first quality of a Grand Cru is, is I would say, is benevolence. Right. <laughs> yes, it's much easier to farm a Grand Cru because the, the soil, the microclimate, make everything easier you know it's um, everything is is regulated mm. microclimate and and with uh, weather change this 
a place who regulates the excess of cli climate makes our farming much easier. That's, right. that's the reason why it's a Grand Cru. Nice, right, exactly. A Grand Cru is not something who will give a specific test, no. It's a place where farming is easier. It's the best land. It's, yes. the, it's the best spot. No, I, and that, it's funny. That's how I, I always explain it to my friends. Like, um, I'm a big. I, I really love Burgundy. You know. So when I, I talk to my friends, I'm like, so the name of my company is Crew Love. Okay. Right? Because <laughs> right. <laughs> We when you love your crew in hip hop, but you also love crew wine. <laughs> you know. So that's that's a, a really great way to put it, man. Um, so. Now, I'm sure you drink a ton of champagne, but... I'm not mine. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, not mine. Right, yes. exactly. So, I mean, I'm sure what people would love to know is like, other than champagne, what are some of your go-to wines? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's uh, you know, uh, for sure, Burgundy. Yeah. For sure. But... Um, I think um, us, um, if you want to stay efficient, and, and, and you must experience uh, many different wines. If you are always exposed to the same wine, okay, you feel comfortable, but you don't improve yourself, right. you know. But yes, basically, you know, um, I have a group of friends. Uh, we are doing uh, uh, ski touring together. You know what is ski touring? I mean. You put ski, uh, skins and you climb and then oh. you ski down. <laughs> so it's climbing uh, and it's challenging, you know, because you face once again Mother Nature and, and yeah. mountain can be kind or challenging. <laughs> you can feel very good a day, feel very bad. So you need friends to help you the day you are not, you, you are not performing and, and you feel a little bad. It's only producers. Uh, The guy who, who is in charge of uh, the, the group is yeah. Jeremy Sess from Dujac. Ah, that's my man. Ah, then, then uh, Dominique Lafon is part <laughs> of this group. And so it's, it's uh, uh, Jean-Marc Rouleau is part of the group. Uh, Eric Rousseau is part of this group. Wow. So, uh, but also from you Italy. You guys should like get together and make some more. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you like, we, we like, like to joke and say... <laughs> We like to joke and say we have to climb everything we drink on the earth. <laughs> <laughs> Now, in, in, a, in a situation like that, do you guys ever like say, "I, I'm, I'm, I'm the best producer here"? No, I'm the best producer here. Like, do you guys ever go back and forth about who the best producer is? No, we don't care. We just <laughs> no. We are friends, basically, right, and right. we are friends because we love. Are ones and there is also Italian, you know, like Luca Corrado, maybe you know yes, from Vietti, yes, yes. Uh, the two sisters, uh, Rinaldi, Carlotta and Marta, mm -hmm. uh, Cavalotto, maybe you know. So it's a very fun group. There is no competition in between. Yeah. As soon as a guy come and try to compete, he doesn't come you the, the year yeah. after. <laughs> He's not invited to the next yeah. one. He doesn't come oh, the year kicked off the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> the way no, down. we don't care. We're yeah. just here to enjoy good wine together. And, right. uh, no, that, that, that's cool. That's very cool. So you're in town for, uh, for Fête du Champagne. Yes. Right now, you, you love New York as it is. Uh, where are some of like your favorite spots to go when you're in New York City? Uh, I said, uh, my friend Gabe, that's I'm a little sad to see, for me, it was all about New York, the Nomad. Yeah, yeah. 
You know, I so much love this atmosphere, you know, the yeah. different atmosphere depending on the bar, the bibliothèque, the library. Cool and little downstairs thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and for me, that was all about New York. Yeah. That special feeling, you know, that energy. And I feel a little sad to see the moment close now. Uh, but that's life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, there is... Since it's New York, I see so many new, new venues opening. And but yes, for me, New York was a nomad. Yeah, yeah, I get the other nomad was a special place. Right. It was the whole the vibe there was really really cool. You just felt you felt like someone being there. You yes. know, you felt good to be there, and it was ah. always great people. Great ah, it's such a special uh, energy. Yeah. yeah. Man, well, you know, we we could talk about this stuff all day, but I'm, I know you're a busy man. And, uh, that was great to be able to spend time. a little time together. <laughs> yes, really. Well, thank you so much, man. Uh, and oh, I'm sorry, we didn't even mention what we were drinking. Ah, um, yes. You brought some amazing champagne. We've been enjoying it so much that we alluded to mention it. Earlier. So yes, very important cuvee. Uh, it's kind of kind of crusade for me. You know, the trend now for growers is single vineyard, single vintage. Yeah. I don't really feel it's, it's uh, champagne DNA. What makes champagne special is the blend. We are allowed as a one to blend different vintages together. Right. As a consumer, that makes me more excited to think there is, for, for instance, in, in this glass, 25 different vintages blended together. And talking about legacy, so it's a perpetual reserve. So it means we started, it's first positive things I impulse into uh, Peter's. I suggested my father to change his way of making his non-vintage. He was used to blend a mass of a single vintage, the last harvest, plus very little other vintages, but separate. And I said, my father, no, stop to do that. The, the one is too much impacted by the vintage, the last vintage. So your non-vintage is very up and down in style and quality. So I suggested my father to take all his reserves together in 97, to be blended with 97. So we created this, this full blend, and massive blend, and we bottled just a part, keep the rest as a base for the next one. And every year now is this process. Uh, so it means our non-vintage is based on always 50% the previous blend plus the new vintage. Wow, really it, cool. It's um, the, the Solera system, you know, it's, um, we used to say the old one educate the young and the young keep the old uh, alive. Right. <laughs> and this one is the perpetual reserve. So it's, there is absolutely no fresh one when bottled. So I take, I keep the, um, the reserve in different containers. I told you I vinify stainless steel, but the reserve is stored in stainless, but also in concrete tanks and in big casks, just to reveal different faces from the same one. And talking about colors, to right. reveal different colors. Right. <laughs> and, and so you can make a much more complex blend. Mm -hmm. uh, and this one is blended from the best cask, the best concrete tank, and the best stainless steel tank, only reserve, so no fresh one at all. And to be back to the real tradition, the one 
for aging on the lease is not top with a crown cap, but with a natural cork from mm. the beginning. It makes the mousse very creamy and soft. And each time I drink this wine, I, I really go through the story of these 15, <laughs> uh, 25 vintages. <laughs> that, that's what it is, man. Yes. Wow, this is this is awesome. This is a very special bottle. Thank you so much for My pleasure. Me. Thank you and for having thank me. Thank you to the amazing people at Verb and NYC for having me yes. today. Thank you very much. Thank um, you. Mr. Peters, appreciate you, sir. Uh, great pleasure for me. Take care, y'all. Swine and hip-hop. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> this was a moment in wine and hip-hop brought to you by Crew Love.